Rooney stuff as well. And we're live, and it's episode 133 of the Brugaders, Liga Beer and Comics. I'm Jeff. Apologies for not being around last week. I had Lurg, but um, my beautiful and very well-organised colleagues were able to run a really fantastic show, which had, annoyingly, the longest conversation about Thunderbirds that we've ever had on the podcast, and I wasn't here to be part of it. Mm-hmm. And I did that thing that all uh, all people listening to podcasts do when you're, you start... Interesting. Interesting. So, um, and just like that, Jeff just, has disappeared. What happened? What happened there? <laughs> Somebody's finally managed to shut Jeff up. That's, that's amazing. So who was these well, organised colleagues, he said? Is that, was he talking uh, about That us? must be us, yeah. yeah. Certainly, like, we, we were late going on. We had all sorts of technical problems. Um, I don't think organised is a word I would use to describe us. Sorry, I was just adjusting my... <laughs> um, it was still a good chef. Oh, boy. So, <laughs> well, there was two Jeffs briefly there for a second. One Jeff um, enough. Yeah. What were we saying about being were you organized? Were discussion well enough, Colin? Was that fine? Yeah, it all <laughs> went well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was, they were like, oh, he's talking about Thunderbirds again. They spent too long on that last week. So, <laughs> um, are, are we going to talk? Um, sorry, are we going to talk beers before the guests come on? Or? Uh, no, I'd like to bring them in because I'm quite excited. Yeah, uh, can, can I just say for anybody that's joining us for the first time, right? It's always like this. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> bad. You, you would think after 133 episodes we've got it, but we've not. Um, okay, uh, stand by. Anything can happen in the next half hour. Uh, <laughs> um, our uh, our guests this week are. We're really really excited to, to be joined by um, the organizer of the Lawless Comic Con. Um, out down in Bristol, uh, which Colin, you're going to this year, and you're going. Yeah, we're going to be joining Sue and to chat chat about that. But we're also going to be joined by our uh, our friend um, and um, fellow, fellow Jerry Anderson aficionado, um, Steve Tanner, who's got some really exciting work work happening with the Jerry Anderson Company and um, is the new Time Bomb Comics uh, Spectrum. Anthology is coming out really, really soon. Um, I know you, 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 I, I, I shut you down there, David, about beer, but I, I've got my beer in uh, and totally ready. So this is my uh, Captain Scarlet beer, which is which is amazing that it even exists. So let's see if I can do this right. So, uh, dun, 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 dun. yeah, <laughs> and, uh, you get it as well. Dun, 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 dun. Hey, hey. So, we're all here, so we're not doing what we planned at all. <laughs> Uh, no, just I've introduced you. Um, uh, while I disappear and do all the backstage stuff, how, uh, Sue, would you like to tell us who you are? And Steve, then can do the same. That's okay. Hi, my name's Sue Hadrill. I'm the organizer of Lawless Comic Con, uh, which is a comic convention on the 28th and 29th of May in Bristol at the Double Tree. Uh, it's primarily sort of British comics related, so we do focus a lot on Dread and 2000 AD, but also we're expanding into generally sort of historical and, and uh, Indian small press British comics. Uh, so things like the Beano and Commando and uh, yeah, Time Bomb comics um, bring along the Jerry Anderson side of things as well. Or- uh, discussing that, but also, uh, yeah, also indie comics like and uh, sort of uh, the 77 um, and Sentinel and things like that as well. So that's what we do. Good stuff. Super. And Steve? Well, I'm Steve Tanner of uh, Time Bomb Comics. Um, so as well as um, I'm, I'm, I've been described 
very often is the public face of Time Bomb Comics, which makes you wonder what the, what the, the unseen guys look like, really, isn't it? And um, the um, as well as being a, a publisher um, of Time Bomb, I'm also a creator myself. Um, so um, I, I write some of the titles for Time Bomb. Um, I'm also writing New Captain Scarlet. I got to drop that in as well, and um, I've been um, in, involved with with comics and with Time Bomb for fifteen years. So um, yeah, nice. there is awesome. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Super duper. So we're going to kind of just kick off uh, with you, Steve, for a bit. But Sue, please feel free to jump in at any point if you want to comment or or, or whatever. So Steve, you've been on the the, the sort of Comic Con circuit. For quite a while now, I mean, your your table is always really impressive. You've got a lot of sp- you quite a spread um, of books in different genres. Um, can you tell us a little bit about those sort of, you know, I know you're here kind of to talk about the new book a, a little bit, but tell us a little bit about your other range of, of books that you've got. Okay, well, I mean, it's interesting because we've been kind of um, our, our, the stuff that we've published has been described as kind of uh, retro British. Uh, for, so, so this, although the stuff we do is, is kind of brand new comics, and a lot of people find it has a has a kind of feel of comics of of, of the past. Um, so, uh, for example, the Flintlock series that that, that um, we do, which is, which is all set in the in the eighteenth century, um, that's very much kind of in the spirit of the adventure comics that were published in the 60s uh, and 70s, particularly the girls' comics, uh, because the girls' comics all, always had uh, really great classic um, adventure stories featuring strong uh, female leads. And that's one of, one of the motivations behind behind the characters in, in Flintlock as well. Uh, we also have the Bra- Brawler, um, which is very much kind of um, in, inspired by uh, Warrior, um, mm. taking that kind of uh, notion of, of an anthology series which, which featured... Um, strong lead characters in each of the stories rather than an anthology which is set around a particular theme which is a lot of the you know very often that that's how um anthologies are published these days that there's a particular theme that unites all the stories together but with broader the idea was something which is very character driven we also have um harker which is um a, a crime series uh this was which was originally originally presented um about 10 years ago now um, it came out as a 12-issue black and white series. Um, it was pub- self-published by um, by uh, Vincent Danks and Roger Gibson, and um, we, um, you know, we, we've brought it back. Uh, we, we've coloured it. Uh, we're releasing it in in in, in thicker volumes, um, and we're currently kind of finishing off the the run of the original uh, series, 12-issue series, and then we'll be going into into brand new lawless uh, Harker stories created by by, by that team. Uh, we've also got, um, in, you know, um, standalone graphic novels. Uh, the most recent one was Rotten Under the Snow, uh, which was um, which was Katie's, who, who you had on, I know you had on a few weeks back. Um, and that's literally just, just come out. It came back from the printer yesterday. Um, so that's about to go out to um, be, be mailed out um, over the weekend and beginning of next week. Um, and, of course, uh, we're currently got Spectrum. Which is the, um, the 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 new title we're doing, which is uh, features characters and concepts from the worlds of Jerry Anderson. So we have quite a wide range of, range of stuff as well. There's there's other other kind of books we we, we do as well, but they're, they're, those are the I guess the the, the core books that, that we currently do at the moment, and what we're probably um, best known for uh, to, to most people. 
Yeah, yeah, there's certainly all ones I've seen on your your table, and I've, I've read a few of those as well, particularly uh, Brawler and uh, Flintlock as well. Quite, quite enjoy uh, a bit of highwayman or highway lady action. Um, so I don't know what we're seeing on the screen there because it's all gone, kind of gone fuzzy for me. Oh, there it yeah. is. So there's your, there's your, your Kickstarter, which has still got 10 days to go. I didn't realise nice. it was still... Still ongoing, quite so long. Um, but yeah, so it seems to be doing pretty well there. Yeah, I hope you're you're, you're pleased with how that that is going. I see you, there's lots of stretch goals being added to that quite recently, prints and things. Um, and you you first uh, told us about this. We were all in the pub um, a few weeks ago at the Glasgow Acme Comic Con, um, and you 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 kind of maybe 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 under the influence of of some beers that we'd plied you with uh <laughs> let us know that this was coming out and that was rather exciting i think we all got a bit over excited about it but there it is now you know it's within within grasp so tell us a little bit about you know the team behind this who's who's all working on this well this has been um i mean it's great to find a bit of point where it's just about to be published to be perfectly honest because this is something that first came up um um th about this time last year um and um it, it was a case of the anderson entertainment um and and um with and jamie anderson jerry anderson's son is, is the guy who kind of who, who runs anderson entertainment he um he was interested in um in producing getting a comic produced featuring some of their their, their, their well-known kind of concepts and characters um so they came to us and we had a bit of a chat about that um and came up with with, with the concept of, of of spectrum um so it, it features um, three very well-known uh, Jerry Anderson um, concepts. And you've got the new Captain Scarlet, uh, Space Precinct, and Terror Hawks. Uh, and in, in, in the, 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 the Spectrum book, um, there's three different stories. They're all self-contained stories as well, so it's not like to be continued. They're all complete stories. And their creative teams really came together from uh, people who e either I'd worked with in the past um, or, or I knew would kind of fit that kind of that, that they would fit the kind of concepts we were looking at, um, and it, it was to be honest, it was really easy to pull the creators together um, because you just mentioned Jerry Anderson, and they said, "Yeah, great," you know. So it was very, very easy. And I'll be perfectly honest when when it first kind of came up, um, and you know, the, the the characters that presented to you know concepts were, were kind of um, shared with us who we could use. I immediately said, I'm writing Captain Scarlet. You know, I, I, I would be completely honest. I, I, I'll be, I was completely selfish about it. It wasn't, you know, I didn't even think about offering it elsewhere. I, I thought, <laughs> I'm going to do it my, I'm going to write it myself. I, I, it, it, just the whole idea of kind of writing a, um, a new Captain Scarlet story. Um, it was just, um, it, 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 was, it was very exciting. So I brought in then Pete Woods. Um, for the artists who who I, who I work with on the, the major Arcana um, stories I do in Brawler, um, and and that was simply because his his style um, I felt would fit the type of kind of the, you know the whole kind of Captain Scarlet um, style of storytelling, um, and we're using the, the 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 new Captain Scarlet, which is the um, the CGI animated um, mm. series version rather than the original 1960s one. Um, to be honest, it, and that's entirely down to a rights issue, um, because mm. the, 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 the original Captain Scarlet um, series isn't fully owned by Anderson Entertainment. It's, mm. it's part-owned, uh, but the CGI series is completely owned by them. Um, and to be honest, it, 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 I mean, 
and not many people. I don't think not many, not too many people saw the CGI series when it came out because it was it was it was chopped up and given a very strange a slot um, on a Saturday morning um, kids program. It was chopped up into I think five minute yeah. Yeah. sections. Uh, so, but but it's available on Prime and it's great to watch it because it really is a great kind of series. Um, but then also then with Space Precinct, Dan Whitehead, who was a big Space Precinct mm. fan. He, he was the writer for that. Um, James Gray, um, again, he's someone that I'd, um, we, we did, had in, 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 involved with, with Brawler, but also he's done some other stuff. And he has a really great style, which is perfect for, for Space Preaching because that's obviously one that's based on live action. Um, and then um, we got um, Rich Clements um, and we got Steve Pickford, um, who, who, you know, and so we got Terror Hawks as well. But it, every, every one of the creators is, is very kind of excited about each of the the, the stories that they're doing um, part of it because it ticks so many boxes in terms of what they remember the series themselves and what was what was really interesting that when, when we we kind of uh, finally were able to announce the project um the first kind of two two three days i got so many messages from other creators um asking if um if they could they could do stuff as well um you know what what, what there was one or two surprising names um, quite big names who kind of basically said, "Oh yeah, can we do it?" And even offering to work for free. Um, but um, so it was free because <laughs> it was Jerry. Um, whether whether actually actually hold them to that in the future, I, I don't know yet. I but it was great to know that there was this kind of real kind of um, interest and passion for 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 the for the characters and the concept. Uh, and of course, because it's a licensed title, every every page has had to go through um, Anderson mm. Entertainment and and and. Um, and Jamie Anderson personally has kind of, you know, signed every part of it off himself. And it was an interesting experience, really, because I'd heard lots of uh, stories from other people who'd been involved in licensed material, especially things like, you know, things like the Star Wars stuff and maybe Disney, that, that kind of, that it'd been a real kind of long and painful kind of process. But mm. I'll be honest with you, this was, this was great. Um, I think there was, there was a couple, I think there was one art change we needed to make, which was to do with a model of, of one of the... Um, one of the vehicles not being quite um, on point. Um, it was more more based on the uh, original one of the, um, the it was in the, in the Captain Scarlet story, and it was based more on the original Captain Scarlet rather than the the CGI version of the of the hardware. That was the only kind of artistic change we needed to make. Um, but so it, it's been great to work with them throughout, and and right from the start, Jamie Anderson was very involved with with the actual the the storytelling element. So, you know, on each of the, the pitches that, that we submitted for each of the concepts, um, he gave some really good feedback. Um, so his, his, his fingerprints are all over it, which is but in a really positive way, because obviously he cares about the, um, the, 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 the concepts. It, it's about um, maintaining his father's legacy. And, you know, the, the, the finished package, I mean, it, it's good. I'm really looking forward to, to it finally coming out. And, um, the Kickstarter, to be honest, the pre-order is doing amazing. I mean, much, it's doing much, much gangbusters. It's doing. It's great. So, I said, as you said, there's still ten days left. It's a thirty-day campaign, um, and I'm I'm just interested to see where it goes um, for the final ten days. But, um, yeah, yeah, like you said, doing really well, and, and still a bit of time to back it if you if you haven't done so already, folks. Um, when are we likely to see it in print and? Um, uh, which comic con do you think you'll have it for on, um, on sale? It is going to be the first time it'll be on the table will be at the MCM London show at the end of May. 
that's where it's, it's going to be. <gasps> okay. So very quick. Um, so we said, I said, oh, it's all, it's all done. Um, um, or, and, you know, myself that we didn't get you the lawless. <laughs> or <laughs> sign off. It's all been signed off by Anderson. So it's just a case of getting them, um, getting some proofs done, um, and then go going to print. So um, people who um, who who backed it on the Kickstarter should expect to certainly in the UK should expect to receive their books uh, and and any extras that, that come with their packages um, by the by the end of May. They'll get them before. Um, the MCM London show, mm. which I think okay. is yeah. excellent. There's a question popped up. Uh, Athol, who's a um, artist, I think he's working on Sentinel at the moment. Actually, he's mm. got a question for you about the Spectrum logo and whether you had to change it due to rights or is the logo you're using the one from the CGI version? I, I'm assuming he means the the, um, the the Spectrum logo on the cap badges rather than the the, the title logo. And uh, the title logo was, was designed, um, it says an original design, the title logo was designed by David Morris. Um, but the cap badges are from the CGI version. So that's why um, they're kind of, they're, they're, they're round with that kind of rainbow um, central disc rather than the, 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 the oh, traditional see. Spectrum logo, which you probably more yeah. people are familiar with. Was it just how certain things looked that was, that was the major differences between, you know, the original version? Um, and and the CGI did. I mean, is that all you really had to look into, it, or was there story elements that you had to? I mean, the, well? the, the thing is, the, the 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 cartoon version, the CGI version, it, it's it tends to be a lot faster paced, um, and and because and there tends to be a lot more action sequences, um, because there's certain things obviously you can do with an animated character that it was impossible for them to do with puppetry. So yeah. so that, that's that's the that's the biggest change. Um, the the, the hardware has all has all been. Um, redesigned um not you know you know there's nods to, to the original kind of a, you know vehicles and the angel interceptors that but they're very much their own thing uh, the uniforms are slightly different the biggest change when when you when you actually see the sit that watch the cgi series is is there is much more uh, natural diversity for want of a better word in there so um, whereas the the original was, was basically all kind of white male spectrum agents um now we have a kind of a mixture of of, of, of nationalities and there's some, there's female spectrum agents there as well um in in the original it was just the um the the, the destiny angels that were, were the uh, were, were, were the women uh, but but it, it, so it's much more reflective of a kind of i guess the times we live in um and so i think but by, by that then it, it offers a bit more proper storytelling potential um it, it's i mean the, the cgi series is well worth um checking out because it is very very entertaining i'm assuming it's an all ages comic is that correct yes yes yeah. all, all, all ages comic yeah good stuff i'm really looking forward to seeing a uh, terror hawks actually because terror hawks as a kid scared the crap out of me yeah i'm looking <laughs> right, over that here. <laughs> I think that's, that's what I'm most that. interested. I used to watch the reruns or the repeats of Captain Scarlet on like a Saturday or Sunday morning or whatever. I really quite enjoyed them. Um, yeah. Terror Hawks was always very, very scary. Terror Hawks is still scary. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I used to work with a lady who looked like Zelda, and yeah, obviously, obviously that was her nickname, you know, behind her back. But yeah, she terrified us. Yeah, I think we've all worked with Zelda at some point in our lives. <laughs> The Terrorhawk story that um, that Steve Steve Pickford has drawn and and, um, 
and Dan has written. It, it, it's, it's a cracker. So um, I'm sure you, it really captures the, the spirit of the, um, the original series. And um, you can hear Windsor Davis uh, <laughs> as, as you're reading it, you know, as, as, as that Sergeant Zero. You can, you can just hear the voice of Windsor, Windsor Davis. It's great. So tell us a little bit about Space Precinct, because um, it's probably the show that I'm least familiar with. Probably because yes, it was yeah. one of the one of the later ones, and you know I was kind of going out of, of watching what I suppose would be you know termed kids TVs. Um, so tell us a wee bit about that. Well, well, that was a, a, a police procedural for one of the better word. It, it's it's um it's set in twenty forty, so it's it's a live action series. Uh, mm. But they have um, kind of aliens aliens in there as well. Um, so so basically guys guys in masks, um, and and it's um. I, I guess it's it, it's a it's an extension of, of the type of shows that Jerry Ang used to do with things like UFO and and Space 1999. Um, it, it, it's set you know in in a in a city not in the not too distant future, so um, there, there are futuristic elements in there, but it, it's not kind of re, it's not as kind of like out there as as as. Uh, some other kind of future concepts, you know, the, the police, they've got flying police cars, that kind of stuff, you know, yeah. um, it's, um, it, it, it's, it's, it's a great fun. Um, but the, the, it, was, it was a bit more, probably more, a bit more adult in nature in, in than a lot of the, the stuff that Jerry Anderson is probably known for um, because, because the type, type of program it was. Um, but it's um, again, I think that, I think that they're, they're re-releasing it. I think this year uh, as, as mm. the complete is on, on, on DVD. Cool. Um, so, um, so, so it, these things are all, they're, they're well worth checking out because uh, some of the ones are quite uh, obscure as well. Um, and, and you know, what, what are the other 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 concepts which um, we, we you know is on the table for us to play with? Is um, is something which is is very unusual. I can't really say much more than that, but it's a very unusual one and very <laughs> will know about. It. I know I'm Once me. again, Steve, <laughs> 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 you know, you just, you just have, to, have to wait and see what happens with that one because, um, I mean, that's quite an exciting one to kind of be looking yeah. at. Yeah, it's it's, it's 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 a shame that we're, we're we're online because we can't ply you with a drink to get information <laughs> out of you like we did did in Glasgow. Um, oh, go on, Steve. Go on, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, Steve, I, th I think um, uh, this might actually be a good point to you know, um, let, let's bring in Sue here because Sue, as somebody who runs a, a comic con which is very much about British comics, does this like, sound like something that you'd love to have there at Lawless? Absolutely kicking myself that we haven't got you to Lawless because um, <laughs> Graham Bleatham doing a big display of all his Thunderbirds cutouts and the art that he worked, the artwork that he's done, and that's all going to be displayed up. So we could have got you in the room and done a whole thing of sort of Jerry Anderson kind of theme going on there. God damn it! It's really interesting you mentioned Graham Bleatham. It's really interesting. I can't say more, no more than that at the moment, but it's really interesting. Oh, <laughs> you can see the whole room throw their hands up. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's absolutely awesome, and we'd we'd certainly love to have you along to the show at some point, and and uh, yeah, and see the work and everything. I remember last year looking at because um, you had your Kickstarter for a few. Um, I think it was Hawker. Actually, I saw a Kickstarter for last year that we were promoting when we did our online show and things like that. So, yeah, to have um, to have something like this along to the show would be absolutely yeah, right in keeping with the kind of theme that we're going for, which is that kind of retro comics that that everyone really really enjoys. 
But I mean, I mean, to be perfectly honest, Sue, it's 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 only the fact that it's it's um this year it's it's clashing with the MCM London that uh, it does. I, yeah, I, no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> it really is. Next year, hopefully, I know there'll be a launch next year because I know it, it looks like it's gonna be a fantastic show this year. I know there's gonna be one next year. So um, Ooh. you know, hopefully the dates will be better. Um, we'll stay in touch. You know, yeah, we'll definitely get to Jamie along as well. Lawless sounds like a, a fantastic convention. Um, how long has it been going for? It, it kind of started off as a kind of 2000 AD event. Is that correct? Or yes, that... it started off in uh, 2012. I think was the first show, and it was in Birmingham, just because Birmingham's. I'm based in Worcester, so Birmingham's a bit more local to me. Um, and I happen to know the guy that ran Eddie's Number Eight, the rock club up there. Um, so he was, he was just we used the venue, which was really great of him. Um, and it was because I was me and some friends were doing a whole bunch of conventions at the time, doing like um, the Sci Fi Weekender and MCM and that kind of thing. Um, we met a bunch of guys who, or I knew a bunch of guys that dressed up as judges. And I was sort of saying, I want to do a day thing, just a day kind of get together with everyone, meets and greets and says hi to each other. They came up with a suggestion, well, why don't you do a Judge Dread Day? Because there isn't one. I went, all right then. <laughs> and that was sort of how it started. It was literally just an excuse to get a bunch of people who dress as judges together. Um, and then we got some creators involved. I think we had six guests at our first show. Um, and um, we had about 60 people, um, and it did really well. It was really, really positive. It was a really good day. Uh, it was really a good excuse for everyone to get together and say hi to each other, hunts and each other in ages. So we did it again the next year, um, and, but we moved it down to Bristol because it was a slightly better venue, um, and we've been doing it ever since, really. It just got bigger and bigger, um, and, uh, yeah, it's just um, – We've expanded it now to sort of include kind of away, not away from Dread, Dread in 2000 AD, but because there is quite a big comic, uh, British comic scene, um, we wanted to encompass that as well. So we do look at things like Beano and Commando and the indie presses and small presses and stuff like that. So it's something that we want to make uh, take into account as much as 2000 AD. Must we love it, um, but it's it's nice to be able to do expand as well. And is this the first year that you've decided to, uh, to do that, or have you have you went down this route already previously, or is so this the... we haven't run in a couple of years because of the big yeah. play? Um, so 2019 was our last major one, and we did it as a um, tribute to Carlos Esquera, um, who's because uh, um, he passed away earlier that year, I think, and or the, the, the previous September. So we were asked to do a tribute to him. We had some, and that was a really, really good show. But the 2018 show was our last show. And then, um, yeah, we we cancelled 2020. We went online 2021. And this year was like, yeah, this is the, the big comeback. And we decided to do a two-year show and expand it out and, yeah, see who, see who else we could get in. Very wicked. And it's, so it's, it's two days this time around as well, isn't it? Was it, it all is, just yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot more work for you then. Yeah, yeah, no pressure. It's going to be it's a it's long enough day on the Saturday, but purely because it, it kind of made sense to uh, a few people have suggested it, and and I put the word around, and and it just it's just an excuse for everyone to stop. Everyone stops over anyway because they're all you know having a pint at the bar, so everyone tends to stay over anyway. So we're like, well, let's just roll it over for Sunday then, shall we? <laughs> we'll just do it again. So that's exactly what we've done, uh, and all the artists were well up for that because it gives them an excuse to do some more drawings and, and sell some more work and promote themselves. So it's uh, yeah, we're just excuse to roll it over and carry it on really for another day. Good stuff. What, what are folk going to expect this year? What's what's different, or um, you know, what, what's a typical lawless if you're going to be visiting for the first time? 
So primarily Lawless, we it's it's not a huge venue. It's not a, it's not a big warehouse, you know, a big open space or anything with lots and lots of tables lined up along uh, that you you know there's um, with masses of queues everywhere. It's not it's not that type of show. It is a small show. It's based in a hotel. Um, we do one or two panel rooms. We're doing one this year, which is literally a stage set up with with a, an audience, so you can go and watch panels of your artists. So we're just sorting out the program for that now um, over the two days. Um, we have a big signing room, so every Everybody, all, all our creators, we have a maximum usually of about 28 to 30 creators um, and they've all got tables that they share and, and uh, sit, sit at so they can sell all their prints and any of them promote any of their work and stuff like that. Um, and we have a trader section as well. So we do try and promote small press and indie comics and uh, we get to those guys as well selling their work and promoting up. And and it's, as I say, it's not a huge show, so there's not a big issue with with uh, cues and stuff like that it's very very much a social show you go there to say hi to everybody um and and, and uh, yeah just enjoy it enjoy your day and meet up with some old friends and do some silly cosplay and uh, get to watch some good panels and get some good signings um this year is going to be different um because we've got because primarily it's a two-day show so we've got two days worth of panels to go to um hopefully everyone's going to be at the bar in the evening as well so it'll be a good night there which will be quite cool um, our biggest, uh, one of our biggest guests we've managed to get this year is Brian Bolland, who's agreed to come this year, which was absolutely wonderful. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing him because I'm genuinely a fan myself. So I'm going to be like, hello. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to be squeeing a little bit of that. Um, we've got uh, John Wagner has very, very kindly donated a, a 1995 Stallone um, film script screenplay to us with his notes on for us wow. to auction at the show. Yeah. You're going to see, uh, so we're going to do a full proper auction, um, auction off the screenplay with uh, his possibly positive, possibly negative comments on what he thought of um, the original Stallone Dread when it came out in 1995 and, and what his recommendations were. So he's very kind. We're going to, um, that's going to be five o'clock on the Saturday afternoon. We're um, going to be promoting it. Um, what else have we got? 77 uh, are our sponsors this year so they're going to have their own table there with pandora and 77 promoting with their creators and uh, all their kickstarters and work and things like that which is going to be really good so not only have we've got the creators that i've invited um uh, but also the 77 a lot of bringing their crew as well so they're going to have sort of a setup of tables um with all their with all their guys doing sketches and signings as well which is going to be fantastic um i'm super excited because they've agreed to do our program this year and they're custom making a lawless program with a lawless yeah. comic, lawless character in it. And it's just, I keep seeing, people keep sending me the artwork for it. And every single time I go like really mad because it's frying my brain a little bit. Just seeing, <laughs> seeing people creating work of my little show. It's like, whoa. <laughs> so that's kind of awesome. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be a literally an actual custom comic created just for Lawless, which hopefully will be an annual thing. I'm kind of hoping it won't. It's not going to be a one-off. This will be a, a an awesome thing to have each year. It'll be amazing. So yeah, the 77 are going to be there with, and uh, promoting that in Pandora. Um, what else have we got? I think we also got uh, the Noble Bolt Award. Um, yeah, Colin Noble, is that correct? Yeah, Colin Noble and Dave Evans. Um, so Zarjaz, Dave Evans. I was in touch with him year on year. He always did our program for us every year. Um, and we, we saw each other at the show. He always gave me a huge hug. He was such a lovely guy. Um, and we, yeah, when the news came of his passing, it was a kick in the gut. It, yeah, it was weird. Um, so yeah, we've um, he's done our, our program every year for us. Um, and Colin, uh, Colin Noble as well was, he was one of these guys who never got a chance to come to the show. So we'd been chatting back and forth. He'd helped us with a lot with online stuff. Um, he helped us with, um, doing the um, 
he was going to help us do the online show last year. So he was going to be doing moderating and things like that. Um, and yeah, he was one of these guys that just knew everybody and everything mm. about anything. So he was your go-to guy if you needed to know something. Um, and with both of them passing um, in such a short space of time, I wanted to do something to honor their memories, essentially. Um, and that was to, and that was taking the idea of the the person that wants to go to the show but can't make it. Um, like Colin was never just able, for whatever reason, was never able to make it to the show. So we put out, I did a, um, a shout out that just sort of said, if you want to nominate someone to the show that you think should deserves, you know, deserves to come, we'll pay for their transport and accommodation and get them to the show, whatever it takes, even if it takes, if, they, if they're disabled and they need a carer or if it's just them and the Todd and they need a flight from the arse and nowhere, we'll, we'll get them there. Um, so I put a shout out and asked for, for nominations and you can nominate them for whatever reason. It could have been, he's my mate, I haven't seen him in 10 years, can we get him there? Or it could have been a massive story. I, you know, there was there was no criteria behind it. It was just you nominate who you want to nominate and we'll pick pick a person. Um, this year we voted for Rich Clements. Um, he seemed to be the most appropriate. Uh, there was a few nominations for him, but obviously because he was such good friends with Dave and he worked on Zarge as new to work with you guys so much on, you know, on, on so many different comics. And again, he's just, he very rarely gets a chance to go to shows. So yeah, we've sorted out a flight for him. We've sorted out his accommodation and he's coming to say hi to a whole bunch of people he never gets to say hi to, which is just awesome. I think it's just really nice to be able to do. Yeah, that, that's that's superb. Um, Colin was quite local to where, well, where myself, Jeff, and Andrew are, oh, um, and I'm I'm sure. Well, certainly, I, I know Andrew will, will know him. Um, he, he, he was a great help for me too. Um, yeah. I, I ran a convention a couple of years ago in Kirkcaldy, and um, and Colin was there on the day. He was he was a massive help getting it set up. He was a massive help on the day helping out, and uh, you know, and, and we had we had something to eat, and I, I went to a, a showing of the Shooting Clarks movie on the night of my convention. Um, just a thoroughly good guy. And his, his yeah. knowledge of British comics was yeah. encyclopedic. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. yeah, incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, Colin, um, I, I first met him at the first Comic Con that I ever had a table at and was selling it. And, and he introduced sure. me to, to Ian Kennedy and he introduced me to Callum Laird, the uh, next uh, commando editor. And, and then... Um, a year or two later, I was at another Comic Con and I had a spare ticket. And I said, Colin, do you want to come and, and, and help out at my table? And it was the busiest day ever because he knew everybody that came by. You know, so everybody stopped to talk. And yeah. boy, it was a heck of a day. <laughs> yeah, I bet it was. Yeah. Have you, I've been watching Doug do his collection, like sort it through and, oh, and yeah. get it. And it's just insane, just the amount. I mean, I've purchased stuff from there, so yeah, it's it's such a, a massive collection that he's got. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and Mark Estley, who is who is one of the uh, the yeah. dread cosplayers, um, he came, he came up and with a huge van to take that that huge collection <laughs> of comics oh, away. And it was, uh, I mean, it was a big big van, but it was it was bursting at the seams. It was like you know, I have to push the door shut. <laughs> to get all those comics in but what an amazing collection yeah, um, yeah it's good, yeah. good to see you know it getting sold off for the family to help Absolutely, the family. yeah no he, he mark gave me a call the other week actually because he knows i'm a big tank girl fan so every now and i get a, a phone call going this is just cropped up you, have you got a copy or do you want me to, to put it aside for you and i'm like mm, yes i'll have that thank you very much <laughs> Yeah, so that's well, Noble Bolt. It's it's really good to, to be able to do something, you know, just to, and it'll be a regular thing. We'll do it every year. Um, oh, we'll, we'll always put yeah. nominations every year for the Noble Bolt Award. Whoever it is that you want to nominate, we'll get you to the show if we can get you to the show. Oh, that's, awesome. yeah, that's fantastic. I'm really looking forward to it. So it's about five weeks' time, isn't it? It'll be. Oh, don't yeah. shut up. 
boy, oh boy. Five weeks on Saturday. Uh, we're doing good. Yeah. It's uh, I'm really excited about it now, actually. There's so much going on that's 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 gonna be so I'm so looking forward to seeing this programme. Like, the amount of people who keep sending me art for this programme, mm-hmm. it's blowing my mind slightly. So um and I'm really looking it's our first show in a couple of years so it's it's the first time you know me doing a convention for a while so i'm just looking forward to saying hello to everybody and catching up with people um and getting all our artists together it's um it's a big uh, it's a big thing for all the artists and creators as well they pretty much come to the show just to see each other as well as to see the fans it's very much a, a drink and get together for them as well to catch up with each other i think that, i'm pretty sure that's the reason brian's decided to come this year because he knows so many people they've all just been badgering him and he's gone oh fine okay then <laughs> Is there still yeah, tickets available? Is it sorry? Sorry, is there still tickets available for the Saturday and the Sunday? So tickets are sold out completely on Saturday. Um, yeah. We've got about eight tickets left for the weekend. So if you want to stay for oh, wow. the whole, there's about eight tickets left. Sunday, we've still got tickets available. So Sunday is definitely going to be the quieter day out of the two. Um, but we've got plenty of tickets available left for the Sunday. Um, it will be a slightly shorter day because we're, we're not doing quite as many panels. So just to give everyone an excuse to get home and get off and travel and things like that. So it's a slightly shorter day. But yeah, definitely tickets available on, on Sunday, all sold out for Saturday. All the trader tables are sold out because we reduced those this year in order to be able to spread everyone out a little bit more. Um, and yeah, and my, a small amount of weekend tickets left. Oh, that's good news. Good news. Yep. Yeah. So looking Excellent. forward to that. Yeah, it's going to be really, really cool. Okay, well, th- thanks so much, uh, guys, for for joining us. Um, you know, um, you you were kind of aware beforehand that we were a beer and comics podcast, and we yeah. we did wonder if any uh, if you brought a, brought a tipo along tonight at all. <laughs> what have you gone I for? A rum. I'm normally a rum drinker, but uh, I got you're a, r- a rum drinker, right? Okay. Yeah, so, so yeah, right. anybody who's going to be at Lawless, just remember that, folks, at the bar, Sue's, <laughs> Sue's a rum. Who drinks rum? Sue's trying not to have a hangover on the second day, so she has to run a show. Uh, yes, indeed. Yeah, you've you've got you've got a lot of work to do. Steve, um, we know you drink beer, but what what have you got tonight? Um, tonight I've got um, Charge Energy Drink. Because I've had a very hot weekend. Well, that's woeful, like. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Ben, we do. Just email it, message me a bit. I'll uh, help it up. If that's okay. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Steve, Steve, are you still recovering from going out on the sesh out for a beer with us in like it's six weeks ago? Is that what you think? <laughs> well, look, the thing is, what I remember about that, the day after, I felt fine. Mm. Some of you guys didn't look good at all. So I mean, you know, yeah, I know, I, I know, I know you're the brew goodness, but you know, at least one or two of you can't handle it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I I was a little bagged up by the end of the night. That's all. Awesome. You, were, you were all really disappointed in you by the end of the night, if memory serves. I, 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 I don't think he was there by the end of the night, was he? I mean, he had two. Me and Andrew spent about an hour afterwards trying to find time. somewhere else to drink because uh, we 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 got kicked out of that pub, and it was like. It was only like uh, yeah. we, 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 we were drinking things. Trying to find another another pint. At, I don't, it must have been must have been close to one. I think by the time we were heading home. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll try and uh, hold up the Brugger's honour at the at the bar at Wallace. <laughs> I'll try. No, <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've I've been drinking with some of those guys before, so you know I know it's a it's a tough call. Somebody's, yeah. Some somebody's got to do it. <laughs> So, folks, thanks, uh, Sue and Steve, for joining us tonight. Um, 
good to, always good to see you, um, Steve. Um, and Sue, lovely to meet you at last. Now it'll be nice to meet you in person in a few weeks. Yeah, can't wait to see you at the show. All right, it's going to be cool. Thanks so much, guys. So we'll, 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 we'll see you then. Thanks so much for joining us. <laughs> Cheers. That's lovely. So that was uh, Steve Tanner of Time Bomb Comics. Check them out at Time Bomb Comics or just yeah. Google Time Bomb Comics. Lots and of uh, thanks to um, Hadro from uh, Lawless as well. So the Lawless Comic Con, the uh, Lawless Comic Con think... the UK. I think Lawless is 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 just going to grow and grow. I'm hearing a lot about yeah, it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's just it's in my algorithms or not, but certainly a few podcasts I've been listening to have been talking about it. Um, I think with introduction, they're kind of concentrating more and not concentrating more, but they're you know the 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 refocus on small press and indie and stuff. Um, Particularly British Lawless. small press and indie. It's, um, yeah. it's, mm. it's very, that, uh, that 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 celebration of British comics is is very yeah. is is. is it's so important and it's something that kind of gets lost when particularly when you go like even at acme that we were at or say mcm it's it's big it's it's brash it's marvel it's dc it's um it is it's kind of getting taken over a wee bit by by um you know far far eastern manga and anime and stuff like mm -hmm. this um but there is still a lot of affection from people my age and, and upwards for old school british comics um you know but, when, when sort of these things started, when, when 2000 AD started and most of these comics were coming out, there was no anime. I'd, I'd, you know, I'd never heard of anime until sort of mid-80s when, when Akira sort of broke through. And yeah. you know, even American comics were sort of difficult to get in your local supermarket or your local news agents or whatever like that. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's a lot of affection yeah. for British comics. Manga and stuff, it's so easy to get into. You can just literally go to the shop, pick up, you know, Whatever it is, number one, and that's you good to go. And you, so it's all one, two, three, four, five, six. It's all dead, dead straightforward. It's, it's not like if, this, if someone was to start for the, the Avengers, for example, where do they start? You know, yeah, there's, there's 15 jumping on points. There's there's certain you know different universes. There's different. Right, it's just too confusing. Stuff like this, whereas yeah, your anime, your issue one of Tokyo Ghoul, it's you know, and, and issue forty-seven is going to be a second continuation of the same story. Exactly, um, it doesn't, it doesn't change, and I think that's yeah. one of the main reasons why manga is, is, is so popular because it is so easy to get into. Mm -hmm. So, any indie creators, just one, two, three, four, and work your way. Out. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think also with uh, in, in terms of British comics, with the uh, rebellion and the treasury of British comics and Hibernia bringing out reprints of some of the old stories, you know, and a lot of the the current or past two thousand AD artists and writers. Um, worked on all those comics, you know. They worked on on um, action and and um, battle, and you know all the sort of IPC Fleetway books, um, some of the DC Thompson stuff in the past, you know, Warlord and Victor and things. So a lot of these these people that are going to be at, at Lawless worked on a lot of those comics. So you know, it, it is it does make it kind of a more appealing to people beyond two thousand AD. Um, and and with the reprints coming out, you know, they're becoming things that, that, that are available to a bigger audience and a younger audience that maybe never saw them first time round. Yeah. Even Rebellion doing reprints, though, of 2018 mm. Judge Dredd yeah, stuff. They're, they're, certain, yeah. they're, they're certain legacy stories, aren't they? Going back and yeah. doing, like, like printing runs of, or, like, arcs. Yeah. And, like, Judge Dredd and stuff. I think, for me, the, the thing that I'm gutted about missing most at Lock, I'm not going to Lock, so I'm, I'm going to... A music festival the weekend after, and kind of picked that over a lot of this, which I'm kind of gutted about in hindsight because the lineup for this music festival I'm going to is pretty woeful. But um, uh, 
is um, I love going to comic conventions with Colin because he's like a wee kid in these things. And I think uh, I think Lawless is going to be like Lola is going to be legitimately Colin in the like the kid you know the equivalent of a candy store for a kid. So it's going to be Colin at Lawless. I, 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 I know exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm so jealous myself. But Brian Boland yeah. for me has written the best Batman story. Oh no, no written. Sorry, he illustrated the best Batman story there's ever been the Michelin joke. Um, mm. You know, the guy's an absolute... Obviously, he's there for his, his 2000 AD stuff, but the guy's an absolute superstar. He's like, um, yeah. you know, it's, 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 it's amazing amount to get for a small, a relatively small regional um, convention. So. Yeah. yeah, and for, for me, there's um, Mike Dory and, and Alan Hebden are going to be there, and, they, you know, they're, well, commando writer, commando... Um, cover artist you know I'm, I'm really interested to you know speak to them and, and find out about them and alan's also working on pandora as we know yeah um, one of his story uh, drawn by anna morizova mm-hmm. so um yeah it's really exciting he's also, also at lolas isn't it she's gonna be at lolas as well doing stuff so yeah well of course mm-hmm. she'll be there for both 2000 ad and for uh, promoting pandora pandora uh, with the 77 so yeah and it'll be great to just meet up all the 77 guys again i know we met some of them at thought bubble um but there are going to be more of that team yeah, big and more members there so <laughs> really looking forward to that as well super duper i am very jealous as well i would love to <laughs> hey and and dave as as a writer aren't you jealous uh steve getting the right captain scarlet as well Oh, you know, you know what? Actually, of course I am, but I, I, I couldn't do it. There's no way I would just believe I'm not. I can't write Captain Scarlet. I just wouldn't do it justice. <laughs> I, I couldn't. So you know, all all credit to, to Steve for for taking on and doing it, but I would be too scared. <laughs> I just, yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I, yeah, I, it's I a it's a big big step up. It's, 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 I, 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 I'm, I'm maybe a bit too young to know really. Fully of its Captain Scarlet, so you know, I just mm, I don't yeah. know when I watched it as a child and I, and I used to love it. Um, I was just I was still a bit too old for it, you know. So, you know, I'm still a bit too young for it, so I don't really know. Yeah, I, I wouldn't do it justice. I, I wonder if like I don't know if it happened because I'm um, obviously uh, it's a licensed project. He's um, Captain Scarlet. It's a licensed project. That Steve's also got a lot of you know he's got a lot of love for. Her. He's a big fan of the Jerry Anderson stuff. I remember watching a, a, the making of Terminator Three like years and years ago. And uh, they had interviewed Jonathan Mos- Jonathan Mostow, the director. I can't remember how to pronounce his second name, but he said there's a really surreal moment on like day one of filming when Arnold Schwarzenegger came out in like the leather jacket and the and with a shotgun, and mm-hmm. he was very much kind of like, "Holy shit, I'm directing a, you know, I, I'm I'm directing a Terminator movie." Terminator. <laughs> um, yeah, that yeah, that's the Terminator. I wonder if uh, Steve had a similar. I probably should have asked him when he was on, but like. Um, yeah. uh, some of the stuff that you see on uh, some of the stuff you see on um, Kickstarter, uh, it's got the obviously the, the, the iconic eyes of the Mysterons. Um, just, uh, Jer- I think one of the more endearing qualities of Jerry Anderson is the icon- there's iconography. You know what I mean? There's like the eyes. There's the um, obviously the Thunderbird numbers and the the countdown and the music and the and the vehicle aesthetics and stuff like that. I wonder if. At a point when he was writing it, he was like, "Holy shit, I'm writing here is the vo- this is the voice of the Mister Ons on a on a you know what I mean like that's just that's why he said like as soon as they had that out that it was like you know we're doing this and we can use these characters, it was near case like I wonder who I'll get to do 
Captain Scarlet. He was like, I'm doing Captain <laughs> Scarlet. <laughs> That's me. I, I'm doing that. Um, you, know, you can just imagine like people putting in stories and, and somebody's put in a, like, a, well, then Steve, if you're still watching, but a better Captain Scarlet story. And he's went, what is going on drinking this evening? Sorry, so before we move on to that, do you yeah. do you think there's a there could potentially be a Thunderbird comic coming soon? Again, he said it. I think they have the rights to Thunderbirds because yeah. of all the live action yeah. movie um, <sighs> and the CGI and shit. Yeah, yeah. We, we spent. Um, we we talked obviously once we one. Uh, we spoke to Steve quite quietly at um, the pub when he told us about Spectrum. Um, yeah. We talked about this for quite a long period of time, and I, I asked about. I did ask about Thunderbirds, and he, he did say like, Thunderbirds of all the Jerry Anderson stuff, it's the one that's got really bizarre. It's got really bizarre rights tie-ups because there's obviously like because mm. it's the most uh, it's the most accessible and it's the most recognizable the jerry anderson um the jerry anderson company like spent quite a lot of time and mm. ha- ha- license and different he's obviously ways. found out a lot about it yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah once once i think anything this is a problem marvel had obviously for a lot of years is once a right. once once it's been optioned for a movie in hollywood the contracts for that generally are airtight that you know if, if, as long as they keep doing something with it every x number of years it doesn't revert back yeah. it stays away and I, I can't remember how long it's been since that thunderbirds movie was out but um you know that could possibly Do you know, I, really, I, I was really excited about that film actually i remember i was in high school at the time so Thund- and thunderbirds was the, the massive part of my uh, 2000 i want to say 2003 directed by jonathan frakes who was a william yeah, Riker in the star trek movie yeah in, in the star trek next generation but the, the teaser trailer you should go back and watch it the teaser trailer for a uh, the Thunderbirds movie is the th- all the Thunderbird vehicles flying dramatically to um, Song Two by um, Blur, Blur, and it's yeah. it's, a, it's a really really quality, really kind of modern, really just exciting trailer. And then when they, I finally got into releasing the film, it was basically Spy Kids, but with a Thunderbird kind of gloss on the top of it, and it mm. was shit, and it was really annoying. How. Cr- I went to the cinema to see it and was remember even like it was cast quite well. They had Ben Kingsley as the as the hood, and they mm-hmm. had like it was it was filmed. You know the cast was quite decent, and then it just like it like butchered all the good bits of the birds, and you were left with this really pish film that was scored by <laughs> just, Hot and Busted. Do it like it is, Jeff. That was, <laughs> so, for example, uh, Kelly answered a very cool theme song by Busted. That's not true. And we will never feature you on any of our comments ever again. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. Oh, that's, that's harsh. That's harsh. It, it is harsh. Imagine saying that. I had a. Imagine using the word "busted" and "cool" in the same sentence. That was very harsh. <laughs> You're right. Um, I can't disagree with you. That's the thing. Oh dear. Um, I right, beers. Beers. Uh, can I just go first because I've been sitting with this for fucking can't. ages. Um, Paloma, uh, Pomona Island, who we feature quite a lot on the podcast. Colin, Colin's had a few of them in the last couple of months. Oh, I have, yeah. um, they have really niche, um, their branding is really niche. And I spoke to Colin in the Caledonian Craft Beer version about this. How some of, some of their branding is quite, he's like, I don't, the, the, all their branding is references to films or media or songs and stuff. He's like, sometimes I just don't get them. 
And then I picked up this one, and he was like, for that one, for example, I've no idea what that is. And I was like, oh, it's Captain Scarlet. Um, but yeah, it's called We Know That You Can Hear Us Earthmen, which is um, just the best <laughs> name for a beer. <laughs> it's uh, it wasn't very long. Can you imagine going to the bar and be like, excuse me, can I have, you know, we can hear us Earthmen? It's a DDH IPA with Cryo Amarillo, Simcoe Galaxy, and Sriracha Ace Hops. Uh, and it comes with the tagline, we know that you can drink it. <laughs> it's like, um, it smells it smells really tropical. Um it smells like um it smells like it's seven point one percent, so it's like a speech bubble level beer. It smells fucking awesome. <laughs> speech bubble yeah. level beer, Speech bubble beer, yeah. What seven point one percent? That was what speech bubble was, wasn't it? I think that was over really. Yeah. I had a speech bubble line around somewhere before. Um, no, it's on. Yeah, surely. Do you know, like, they talk about dank beers? They talk about that quite a lot. Yeah, like, oh, it's got a dankness to it and stuff. I don't really know what that refers to. But um, that reminds me, this it smells and tastes like a lot of the beers that remind, that, that, that use that kind of, like, phrasing. I think it's slightly bitter aftertaste is what I associate yeah. with that. Mm, really, yeah. It's really, um, yeah. it's really... It's really smooth, but it's like it's it's really punchy, and it's got a lot of um, it's just got a lot of body to it. Um, mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to, I just uh, that sort of tropical. There's some really like we talked about it, mosaic. You know the the the, the mosaic hop. Mosaic hop, yeah. Yeah. So I think there's Amarillo and Simcoe, and mosaic all have kind of this kind of really distinct, full-bodied. Like it just comes, it comes and hits hit your nose really hard whenever it's there, and that's just that's good. Like folk really need to like, if folk are wanting to try something a bit different, I think folk really need to go like look for look for Amarillo, Galaxy, Simcoe, Mosaic hops. You know, and there's a lot of beers that just, I think particularly Salt, for example, do things like they'll just they, they name a lot of their beers after the hops that they're using them. Like they've got a beer called Mosaic. Try those things because they are just a bit different. It's still a beer, and you're still going to enjoy it if you like like your laggers and stuff. But it just comes with something a bit different, and that's kind of that. It's like it's beautiful color. Um, it reminds me of those beers that me and Colin used to spend a lot of money on when we first started in the podcast three years ago because we were trying to be like really funky with like our beer selection. Um, no, check it out. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, what are you drinking, Andrew? Me, I'm, I'm, I'm. I was going to say I'm drinking, I'm drinking supermarket beer tonight. Not supermarket own brand beer, but basically nothing, nothing special. Um, actually, I say nothing special. It's one of my, probably my favourite of the supermarket laggers, um, and that's the Carlsberg Danish Pilsner. Um, you know, as soon as I finish, you know, I don't know if you've ever, I don't know if you've ever heard of this. They're quite a small um, Danish uh, brewery. Um, very famous for their tagline, probably the best lager in the world. Uh, recently updated to probably the best beer in the world. Um, yeah, I've got lots of different beers, but I just fancied I had a hard, hard day at work. It's very, very warm in this room because my wife's got the heating on, and I just wanted some lager tonight. And rather than you know wasting expensive lager on a on a Thursday, <laughs> not no offence, lads. I've got some. <laughs> I've got some sometimes kinds of colours. Sometimes you just need to go to the lager yeah, that you is, like. It's my go-to pub beer if they've got it. Yeah. Um, you know, if, yeah. if they've got that in the lager rather than 
I think in our local, I, I end up end up drinking Prava because that's what they that's what they have there up in the commercial. Um, see you Sunday. <laughs> Must play football. Yeah, I am, but I finish at six, so we definitely just go to the commercial. Slightly later one. <laughs> yeah, they, oh, well, we, if, you, if you fancy it. Sorry, we're just organising our Sunday night, so I, <laughs> uh, I'm, yeah, up, I'm up for the commercial. Commercial Sunday, half six. <laughs> yeah, shout out to the commercial, which is what the um, camera, camera best beer in uh, yeah, real ale pub in Fife yep. this year. Well done. For about, about the fifth time in the last ten years or so, isn't it? It gets it all the time, doesn't it? Like it's so good. It's got such a good range. Andrew's like, right, stop talking about drinking without me. I'm going to move on. David. I am drinking Budweiser Zero. Now, listen, my excuse that this week is I am on pretty much on red alert now for you are. the, the yep. baby. I am. <laughs> so I am going to be drinking all the whole week. And you guys see you guys you just start talking about your beers there, I'm just like, oh my god, I really want a beer. Because although sometimes I come on the podcast and drink a, a, a zero beer, I've already had beers like, you know, uh, other days of the week or whatever, um, mm-hmm. but this week and probably next week and probably the next couple of weeks I, I will not be drinking beer, unfortunately. So I've slagged off Budweiser Zero before on here, so it was pretty, pretty crap, but I thought you know, I'll give it a try, I'll give it another try, and I'm actually really quite enjoying it. It's quite fresh, it's quite nice. Um, yeah, it's actually it's actually all right. I would I take back everything I've said uh, about Budweiser Zero being crap and being lemonade, and I think they might have changed the the the, the, the recipe or whatever. And it's um, it's not bad. If you're looking for a, a nice wee non-alcoholic beer, I think I would recommend Budweiser Zero. So yeah, cheers. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go, man. We'll give you a hard time, but like, don't, uh, don't, don't. You shouldn't have any regrets about not drinking alcohol on podcast night. That's totally genuine. And no, totally no, fine. I'm not. No, I, I don't at all. I don't. I don't have any regrets at all. Uh, it's just that uh, yeah, you yeah. know, Lisa is very good close to popping a child. <laughs> but you make it sound so easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think I've got a supermarket beer, but again, not not a supermarket brand, but something picked up at supermarket because because my wife bought me this. So I imagine she got this in Tesco possibly. But uh, St. Austell Brewery down in Cornwall, proper job. It's, it says it's a powerfully hopped IPA, five and a half percent. Is it? Yeah. Um, quite pleasant this beer, I have to say. Um, it's I've tried that. Um, it's, it's you know amber coloured, very clear. You know, um, though it does say it's got natural yeast in it, um, or um, you know, I don't know, unconditioned yeast in it, um, but it's not cloudy at all. Um, I think it's quite pleasant. Um, I was quite surprised. I wasn't sure. I've seen this on the shop shelves before. Never ever bought it, um, but I'm, I'm quite pleased with it. If it's if it's, I don't know how, how expensive it is. I expect it's maybe only two or three pounds or something, um, but quite decent beer. Um, a wee bit of sort of slight grapefruitiness, citrusy, on 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 the flavour there. Not massively punchy, but as it says, you know, it's quite quite hoppy. Um, very pleasant beer. Yeah, I'm quite surprised by that one. Good stuff. So, cheers. Yeah, it's cheers. Brewery. Cheers, okay. Pro- proper job. You've done a proper job on that one. Yeah, I think I've tried good. that. Um, uh, yeah, um, Sue's saying about um, I can't find the button. Um, 
Sue's saying that, uh, I think in reference to like the sort of rights tie-ups between things like, uh, she's actually here. She's like, she wasn't the comment in that. There she is. Talk about the tank girl. Um, the tank girl rights. <laughs> You're on mute too. That's the way. You also said bullshit there. Welcome back. Major issues with getting the rights back from MCM. Um, there's certain elements of the rights that he has got back, but they can't do things like action figures or anything like that, which I would like buy in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. Certain things they can't reproduce. Um, because the MCM ha MCM still have the rights to it, so the film rights and the character rights to it and stuff like that, and it's just an absolute minefield trying to to revert them back to to the original creators. Which is it yeah. should, it should be a case of like you know with, with, the, with the Marvel ones, they had to keep on making movies every every seven years, I think it was. That's why you ended up with a sort of Roger Corman Fantastic Four movie that was that was made but never intended to be played. It's been so long since Tank Girl was a movie. That it should revert back. Yeah, um, yeah. It should be People shouldn't be allowed to sit on IPs and not do something with them. I think yeah. the um, who's the last that played Harley Quinn? I've forgotten the name. The yeah, Mark Mark, Robbie. Mark, Margaret Robbie. Yeah, Margaret Robbie. She's bought the rights now, um, and she's looking to do a Tank Girl movie apparently. Um, but was, whether or not, was, I was going to say, I don't know if it would. I don't know if I'd want to see Tank Girl as a film, but certainly, like talking about Harley Quinn. And it's quite a similar kind of, particularly in like like her portrayal of Harley Quinn and Suicide Squad. I think you could probably say oh, Tango is definitely some sort of influence in that. Also, even like I don't know if you've watched the is it the Harley Quinn animated show. That's oh, all. I, 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 I think you could do a really cool Tank Girl animated show, very similar. It's hilarious. Like, um, yeah, it's it deserves that because of the level of balminess in it and yeah. the. Crude jokes and the crude British retroness of the jokes and yeah. the, the Britishness of it that the Americans wouldn't get kind of thing of just stupidity. I think yeah, it would deserve to be an animated show. I don't think you could re reproduce that in in a massive Hollywood studio with with five star actors and massive action action sequences. It just it kind of it doesn't in my head it doesn't gel together. I mean, I'm obviously you know I'm not Alan Martin, so he's you know he he gets final say whatever he wants on that kind of stuff, and I think he's up for it. But at the same time, yeah, I can't see it being. It, it would never be a, a proper Hollywood action movie. I don't. It doesn't kind of fit that genre. I don't. But that, yeah, I'd be well up for an animated, either an animated adult, just like they did with um, Invincible. They could do the same thing like they did oh, yeah. Invincible. Uh, Amazon Prime animated adult cartoon with stupid violence and boobs and that'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. And, and you know, Amazon are doing some marvelous things. Amazon or Netflix even, um, you know, with the League of Legends things and stuff like that. They're doing some marvelous animations now. So, I'd love to see that. Yeah, I don't, I don't particularly want to see Margot Robbie trying to be Tank Girl. I think, yeah. you know, she'd be Tank Girl trying to be Harley Quinn again, basically, wouldn't she? Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> She's like. Uh, She's like Will Smith in some respects. That she just plays just playing the one part. Yeah, um, she's, she's too sexy for it. I think. I think you have to be quite an androgynous-looking female, yes. or not butch, but like well-built, androgynous-looking female to to play a sexy tank girl kind of thing to mix yeah. the two together. Personally, yeah. you got me on a tank girl right now. Sorry. Big tank girl fan. No, it was. Now you're testing me. Um, oh, what was her name? She's amazing. She was in Point Break. And um, uh, she was in a. 
Yeah, Orange is the New Black recently as well, wasn't yep. she? Yep, and she's awesome. Um, We're all Google that. <laughs> this is... <laughs> I can remember. Part of me was going, was it was that Pamela Anderson? But I think I'm getting mixed up oh, with that. Oh, I think. Laurie Petty. Laurie Petty. Yes. Who was, she was actually perfect for the role at that time. She right. she was a, yeah. she was probably the best tank girl. Like, I'm a big fan of that tank girl. I do I do I know everyone hates hated the film when it came out and it's it got quite a cult following now. But it was I was into tank girl when I got into the graphic novels first at the, my local library and then watched the film. So it all kind of amalgamated together into that. Yeah, that was my tank girl. I, I absolutely the darkness of that film was brilliant. Um, I know people hate it, but now kind of love it in a kind of. Love to hate it, gone away. Yeah. You're not supposed to like it, but you do. <laughs> but I love it. Yeah, that, it. The fantasy and sci-fi crowd, the, the comic crowd are like that. They, you know, they take a movie, a twenty-year-old movie, and it becomes beloved, no matter how yeah. much it's slated the, when it first comes out. You know, after a few years, even and I'm going to see it. I've got a soft spot for the Judge Dread, Mister um, <laughs> Stone. I think the cyberpunk elements no. of the background of Mega City One. I think a, a lot of them they got quite right. Obviously, the story betrayed and everything like that. They didn't get right. I thought, I thought they did Angel Gang pretty well as well, to be honest. Yeah, there was, and you had you had the ABC Warriors sort of popping up in it and things like and that. Andrew is on his fifteenth Carlsberg, by the way, folks. All I'm saying is, I've got a soft spot for the movie. Um, it came out at a point in my life, and, and it got some parts right. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've, I've got a soft spot for it as well. It's a swamp just south of Edinburgh. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I was I was challenged to a drinking game to to, uh, to quote Tank Girl the movie at one point at one point where I pretty much knew the script. I'm like, you don't want to play that game. Mental time. note if that happens in the bar. And Star Trek. Well, Colin's got Colin. I'm gonna I'm gonna message you. Um, and say go and uh, go and uh, go and annoy, go and noise Susan or Sue up about uh, Tanger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I was I was wondering whether I should bring a cosplay in. I don't know if I could pull off Tanger. <laughs> Please go and <laughs> try. I haven't got enough boobs. I can't get away with that. I'm just too short. <laughs> Much as I do love tanks, there's plenty of photos of me crawling around on tanks. But yeah, I can't quite get away with it. Shave my head. <laughs> you do a better job than Colin. I guarantee it. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think we could do something. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. On that note. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we've played that about. Uh, do you want to talk about comics? What comics did we all read this week? Anyone want to start? I've, I've, I've taken up some. some Everyone's like looking like a. Wait, we do this every week, guys. Like, why, why are you so shocked? After <laughs> <laughs> this, I picked up some comics for an absolute steal at Acme, and I've been working my way through them this week. Um, I, I found this guy who sold me uh, two boxes of comics. <laughs> ridiculously low amount um and there was some some of these marvelously collectible um dc tie-ins uh in the box um i don't know if any of you recognize these titles i don't know well they're out of focus so i can't quite work yeah i don't know what's going on there hold on a second um i thought that was just my eyes (laughs) yeah too much drink Yeah. yeah, there you go. That's your oh, 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 There yeah. we go. I, I, I picked up a full box of of um of comics. For I'll not I'll not tell you how much. Um, 
everyone won out the group. Uh, and, I, and I've been working through this. I've been meaning to do this for a couple of years. The Dark Knight's Metal Run. Um, there's only some other run, though, isn't it? Because, uh, yeah. Sorry? There's only some other run there, though, isn't it? It's not the full run. There's only some other run. I, I, felt, I felt like before he sold me the box of comics, the, 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 the gentleman who sold it possibly uh, had, had, had sold all the decent stuff. Yeah, uh, uh, Teen, Teen Titans 12 for 40 quid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. So there's one there, but there's still still some really, really good stuff here. Nothing in a nice collection. Um, so, was it was it worth what you paid for it? That's the question. That, that's the question oh, I, that the person that sold you is really anxious about because he doesn't want to feel like he maybe ripped you off. <laughs> you can, you can, if you see him, you can let the person know that yeah, there was absolutely more value in the box than than, than I gave him. Um, speaking, speaking as a retailer. Um, whether or not I'll make the money back, because the, the, the problem with being a comic shop retailer and a comic reader and collector is that when you get a, a nice box and you're like, oh, I'm going to make loads of money to this, but I'll just have this one. And oh, that's not that <laughs> for that one for a while, and that'll sort my collection for that. And, and before you know it, I'm like, right, they all have to go out for 50p, and I've got all the good oh, stuff nice. in, box in my house. Yeah, it's, it's difficult to be a collector and a retailer at the same time. Yeah, no, it's merchandise at the moment. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to give that away. I'm going to actually have that. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> right, Can I answer like the Flashpoint one? The Flashpoint one was really cool. It was the Dark Knight Metal alternative version of the Flashpoint storyline, wasn't it? It's pretty smart. Yeah. It's very, very, very good. He's, he's... Also, I also imagine that a lot of the emotions that Barry Allen feels in that issue are very similar to the, the the feelings that the guy that plays the Flash in the movies is probably feeling right now. From <laughs> well, yeah, they've put they've put all all um, current and future Flash projects are on hold. Um, well, he, and I just, got I, actually, I, I just seen him just seen him the other day as well because I've just finished I just finished watching the uh, the Peacemaker show. Yeah. Um, which was an absolute blast. Oh, it's incredible! Eh? <laughs> incredible, and um, yeah, he, he pops up in that. Um, I'll, I'll not tell you why, but it's, 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 a, it's a great wee scene in the last episode. Um, One of my favourite bit is um, it come up and I came up on a, a meme that I, I saw and it, with the question too soon. But there's a mm. I don't think I'm spoiling anything. But there's a scene where uh, peacemakers in a primary school being asked like a Q and A, like Have you done this? Have you done that? And he gets asked, Have you met the Flash? And he's like. Yeah, and like everyone else that's met the flash, met the flash, I can tell you he's an intolerable douchebag. It's turned out to be true. Um, yeah. I, I hope it doesn't destroy that movie because I'm very much looking forward to that movie. Yeah, yeah, totally. um, I can't, you know, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. I wonder. Batman and, and and things like that. That's it's just yeah. Hey, that's a uh, Kelly answering that the nineties, the eighties Flash. It was actually nineties Flash. It was nineteen eighty one. That's fine. We're not going to call you up on that, Kelly. Like, um, but uh, uh, the eighties Flash uh, plays. Uh, he plays Barry's dad. He also plays on. Don't know how far into the series you're at, Kelly, but he also shows up as another iconic character from the Flash comics. Well, it's, 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 it, was, it was eight years ago, so we kind of became. He's Geagaric, isn't he? He comes out, he comes out as Geagaric as well. Yeah, he's brilliant. John also, I, I wanted to point out just just because uh, I, I just I just noticed this. Um, I, I think um, while Kelly Ann's here, and we've got a captive audience, and I, I'm I'm in a mood to wind her up a wee bit. Uh, I just wanted to uh, screen share the the busted uh, Thunderbirds are go YouTube page. So he, here it is. Here we go for Thunderbirds are go three and a half million views. The most recent comment: Rugeders proper jobby. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> 
the image over, Jeff. He was going to send an image. Yeah, go for it. Is it? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm asking you. Did ben, ben, Bensky threaten to send over an image? Yeah, he did. I'm still waiting on it. Uh, sorry, no, I, I think I think Sue's I think Sue's desperately waiting on it as well. No, no, so, no I've uh, got it. Um, uh, now I've got to figure out how to send it. Let me send it to you via Facebook. Hang on a minute. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, if you can share it to to the screen here, making a uh, yeah, I, I am too. Um, yeah, so um, yeah, well, um, anyone else have? Sorry, does anyone have any more comics that they want to talk about? Or? Have you got a comic, David? Actually, no. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I'm, 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 I'm a chumps. No I'm alcohol, no comics. Metropolitan book two, which is fantastic. But I'll talk about that next yeah, week. Yeah, I do. I would like to recommend a couple of podcasts that I've listened to this week, if that's all right. So mm-hmm. I listened to. Um, do you guys remember Phoenix Jones, the real life superhero from Seattle? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's got, he's got a break. Yeah, yeah, I do remember. There's yeah. a documentary about him on. On edge, the, is it Pluto? You know the the free thing that you can watch a uh, Star Trek. What's his face on Star Trek Discovery on? Amazon. Um, yeah, and there's a thing on Amazon about as well. Yeah. Anyway, there's a podcast out just now. It's a weekly one. There's like four or five episodes at the moment, and it's called um, the Superhero Complex. Is that correct? And it's about Phoenix Jones and his uh, his team of people, the the uh, the, the Rain City superheroes, and it's just fucking hysterical listening to. The madness that, <laughs> that these guys think they are superheroes, and they're um, they're pretty much just breaking up pub fights or bar brawls at the end of the night. They're pretty much standing outside clubs and pubs at one o'clock, waiting for the drunks to spill out, and then splitting up fights at the end of it. And um, it's just it's just funny listening to it. And there's a couple of kind of um, podcasts that shoot off from it. There was one uh, that that comic or the comic trope, I think it was, and he was he was Omega, which is one of his team, and hearing his side of events, his side of the story, is really quite funny when you compare it to Phoenix Jones's side of the story. And he basically, Omega basically just says at the end of it, he's just like, I basically just figured that I could do everything I was doing without wearing a stupid mask. <laughs> it's really quite funny. Um, I would give it a, give it a, I would definitely give it a yeah, listen. Yeah, uh, the Superhero Complex, I'm sure it's called. The other one I listened to as well, which Mark Miller was on, was the James Bond podcast. Uh, that's really good. Oh, and it's, um, he talks about, uh, obviously, he's, he's a fan of James Bond. Um, and they talk about James Bond and with the first Bond movie he watched and stuff. Um, and they also talk about his, the, uh, the Kingsman, Scripper Crooks, and obviously his new one, which is the King of Spies, and how he's kind of, he's modelled it on kind of Piers Brosnan almost, I think is what they said. That's, it's a really good podcast. That's the, a really good good episode, I should say, the uh, James Bond podcast. I'll definitely check out mm. more of that. But anyway, that's my yeah. two recommendations for this week. Yeah, King of Spies finished a week or two ago. Uh, I think it was a four-issue series. Um, great. I thought it was brilliant. It's, it's got laugh-out-loud moments in each episode. And the, the kind of, I, I, not, not really a spoiler, but I'm going to tell you about one of the bad guys in it, right? So in the first episode, the first uh, issue, um, the James One character fights the, this this couple, they're twins, I think, a, a, a man and a woman, and he blows them up and they're kind of caught in this huge explosion. And then a couple of issues later, they turn up again, right? And the the guy has no arms and the girl has no legs. 
uh, or, or maybe I've got the opposite way around, and one carries the other one on their back so that they can still continue fighting, and they, they, they're going after this James Bond character. It's just hilarious. Such a good series. Um, yeah, you must get it. I, th- I, th- I, d- I did read that the, um, the, the collected editions out in a couple of months' time. Um, right, go and check it. Right. It's so funny. I'll, it's a very, I'll very good But I think, I think they've actually, I think because he's got a big um, part in Netflix, I do think that they're talking about turning it into a movie, possibly. Yeah, I think that, that's right. I'm worrying about this with Mark, with Mark Miller. They've taken massive liberties with his work in the past, like they change yeah. massive points of his stories from his stuff, um, and he doesn't seem to mind. Uh, you know. he's, he's laughing um, to the back the way. Um, yeah, he's it in. <laughs> I've got the uh, I've, I've got here. Ben's just sent it to me, so he's still. Um, and then obviously we've um, Sue sent it to us as well. I've got this picture from uh, the seventy-seven Lawless. You may have noticed for the last minute that Sue's got like a total ear-to-ear Cheshire Catherine, um, <laughs> and, and this is why you know. That might be the wine. So, yeah. Ooh. Oh no! That's well cool. Ah, okay. Leave. This has happened. It's blowing my mind. It's just, I loved Dem Fabry's little face as well, peeking in. Oh yes, just just peeking in there. Oh, there's Steve with his blazer. Shot yeah, on. I, 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 I'm, I'm enjoying that. <laughs> Glenn Fabry at the side. I, I love Glenn Fabry. I love. I've, I've I love. A sketch of his in talk about him a lot about seeing meeting him at a convention and it was like a full convention full weekend convention with him and i don't think he was sober the entire weekend like i've never seen him without a bottle of beard in his hand he's, uh, he's a little bit better than he used to be mainly because of his health so so uh, I think, yeah he, he definitely does a little bit better than he used to I, the first year we had him was was chaos uh, i had uh, i've heard stories i heard on sunday <laughs> running around in the morning trying to find his shoes and stuff like that was yeah, just, yeah. He's, he's, he's absolutely, I think, apart from possibly maybe Alex Ross, um, he's, he's my favourite cover artist in comics. Um, I think I think he's absolutely. The favorite. stuff he done on Preacher was amazing. Yeah, yeah Preacher. Oh, was, yeah. 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 Oh, I've got to say Dan Cornwall's recent covers pretty stunning. Oh yeah, the, oh, yeah. The, the double dread. Yeah. yeah, the double dread one. Yeah, as well. Just keep throw, just keep name dropping all these former guests of the podcast. It's great. Like, all that. It makes me, it makes me feel really happy. <laughs> um, uh, that's it. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, hold on. I've got a couple of comments in the thingy. Um, that's a uh, Steve. That's a uh, sure just saying good evening. Um, he's gonna catch us on the podcast. It's a Kellyanne. Firing out uh, that she really enjoyed the recent Kingsman Secret Service film. We've talked about that before. I wasn't a fan. I like I, the sort of prequel one. The yeah, prequel yeah. one, yeah. The I thought it, had pac- it, it definitely had pacing issues, I think, mm. in comparison mm. to the, I love the first one. Second one went a bit OTT. Third one was you was slow, but you can kind of see the point of it. But yeah, yeah it seemed, it was uh, odd. Yeah. I think the first, I think the first one's the exactly one. the first one's incredible. The second one, I think. The second one's weird because it's got it's got kind of like you're saying it's got I think it's got pacing issues in itself. It's got bits that I think are the best bits of the franchise, but it's wrapped in other bits yeah. that I think are not as good as you know. So like I really like the the scene with Merlin the Merlin the scene with Merlin in the landmine is one of my favorite yeah. moments in cinema. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the scene where they get drunk yeah. together as well. I really liked yeah. just that. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, it's a good one. Is it? And um, the whole the whole the whole thing with Elton John being like. I, an yeah. integral part of the plot yeah. is great. <laughs> um, 
I, I, I didn't I didn't enjoy the recent Kingsman movie. I thought it was kind of too um I didn't I felt like you could have removed five minutes of footage and it could have been the prequel to any it could have been a prequel to James Bond. Um and you yeah. wouldn't have you wouldn't have you wouldn't have challenged that, you know. You know, that's interesting because that podcast I was listening to, the James Bond podcast with Mark Miller, that's pretty much kind of what he was saying. The Kingsman's all kind of based around kind of James Bond kind of thing, you know. So there you go. I can see what they're doing with it. They were trying to they were trying to prove his motivation, weren't they? That was the whole point of it. They were saying this yeah. is where where his motivation came from. But they took so long to lead up with it and then they kind of cut it off and then they were like, and now here's the other heart of the film. And it's yeah, I'm, yeah it's Kill so much they could have probably done the lead up and then the rest of the film. I thought sorry, Jeff, but building the, the character around if you've not seen it, I don't want to give too much away. But that, that massive sort of twist, the massively unexpected, yeah, happens. Yeah, you're, you're quite right. They could have had something happen to a son very early, and that would have given the, the Ralph Fiennes character the motivation to go and do what, what he did without. You know, called the bad guy in the in that well. bad guy straight off the bat. <laughs> it was really obvious, I thought. Yeah, yeah, no, def- definitely because you didn't see him um, actually getting. Yeah, I thought I, I liked Rasputin. I thought the Rasputin stuff was quite funny, um, and that's probably I think that was probably the most on brand I... aspect of the film. It was the most. Yeah, yeah he was he was the most Kingsman yeah. kind of baddie, wasn't he? They could have done the whole film around that quite easily. Yeah. They well, yeah. for sure. I don't know. My, my favorite character was 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 the goat. So <laughs> goat. <laughs> the goat was brilliant. There's some. I don't know. I think setting it in the First World War removed. I don't know if it's just the elements of the first two films I love the most is is, is the music. Is is yeah. probably is, is probably my favorite. Yeah. So they um obviously the the Elton John stuff and the country road yeah. stuff. And then one of my favourite Leonard Skinner came on the on the radio earlier when I was in the car and it just takes you back to that, yeah. that fight oh, scene cool. in the in the church. Oh, <laughs> just, yeah. just incredible. And the 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 the, the, the world oh. version with with the uh, with um Pedro Pascal, you know the big the, the, the cowboy oh. fight at the end and then play that really cool country western rock version of Word Up. It's great. And then there, apart from the obviously the Rasputin fight in, in the prequel, there wasn't any, there wasn't any kind of non. I don't know. I thought they could have done. I thought they could have played around with like the, the time period and added sort of. I'm trying to think of an example. So you ever watched that film with a, a Heath Ledger with the, the horse riding and the jousting and they play a lot of like David yeah, Bowie. They could have done that with Kingsman and it would have made it like, an instantly like more and more on brand film. They could have done something. Versions like there's there's loads of 40s sort of uh, swing stuff that they could have used I think quite easily uh, like scar scar swing stuff they could have inserted yeah, yeah. yeah. that could um, totally awesome this week so this is usually what we're talking about this one are you reading anything particularly the more reading any comics, I'm any comics that you're reading the boys at the moment the boys are marvelous I'm 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 the series. I absolutely love the series, and I really wanted to read the comics off the back of that. So yeah, I've just got the first three graphic novels, so I'm I'm plowing through the second one at the moment. And and I like the fact that um, I like the series as much as I like the comics. I can see why they made decisions in the series that are different from the comics, but also I like what's happening in the comics that doesn't happen in the series. Both of them work equally within their own 
genre yeah. is perfectly I think I think I really really enjoying it at the moment and I think it's the, the only issue I have I think is it's kind of possibly ruined my enjoyment of uh, Peacemaker because I prefer the boys to Peacemaker Peacemaker I'm like oh I've seen all this before yeah all the swearing and all the yeah I've, yeah it's been done it was done better with the boys in my yeah, opinion like, I think I think I read, I read the boys maybe 10 years ago so it's, it's, there was a nice chunky time between yeah. me, between me reading them and then um, and, and you know before the shows came on, but yeah, those those comics are are, are amazing. I, so I, I love to read. I love a bit of fucked up violent humor, kind of anything that's like comedy violence. That's why yeah. I like Kings. So like anything that's comedy violence that's really screwed up. I'm like, yeah, I'm there for that. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I quite you were saying there about like watching the program and then reading the comics and kind of. I, I did I did something similar with The Walking Dead, and I quite enjoy, like, it's it's like it's like a more enjoyable version of that thing where you like watch a film having read the book and being like, oh, like um, I think comics, I, th- I, th- I think comics because of the medium that they you know the the, the, the medium itself, it's a more it's more enjoyable to sit and go, oh, I understand why they're doing this in a TV show, and not whereas um, um and a. I, I've not. I never considered. I did it with Preacher, and I did it with The Walking Dead. I've not considered doing it with the boys. I've not read the boys. I've watched it. Fucking key is the next one I want to read. Um, I really want to. I really enjoyed the series. Oh yeah, Lock and Key books are great. Yeah. amongst my favourite books I've ever read. I really like. Them. Yeah, yeah. It's quite, the story's really easy to really yeah. really contained. Mm. Yes, it's quite I'm quite similar to the TV show. Again, sorry. It's quite quite. Quite um, the the book and the TV show are quite similar. I thought they there's were. A, yeah, a few small differences, but not not many. Not as much as some of the mm. other shows that, that we've mentioned. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, I'd heard about it ages ago because I was a Joe Hill fan, so I was like, I really need to read that at some point, and just I've not got around to it at all. Mm. Yeah, that, I, I, I'm the same. I think it's uh, the reason that, um, I read and then watched um, NOS 482 as well. Oh yeah, um, I've not seen that. Joe Hill, Joe Hill's amazing. He, he, he has a, a, a wee cameo in season one of Lock and Key as well. And he, yeah. he, he, he genuinely, if I didn't, if I didn't know it was probably still impossible, he looks like a clone of his dad. Yeah, now, since he's got the beard and stuff, he just looks like his dad thirty years ago. Um, it's, it's, it's scary, and he writes like him as well. There was a story about that I read a while back where Neil Gaiman was going to some award ceremony and mm. and was. Is sat with a friend or something like that, and Joe Hill came in to collect an award. And he was like, "God, he looks like Stephen King." And the friend was like, "Reason for that?" Yeah. <laughs> I um, Joe, Joe Hill has has was doing stuff. I don't know if he still is, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm I regret to think I haven't caught up. But Joe Hill was doing some really awesome stuff with DC. You know, mm-hmm. the, the DC like what was yeah, that? The, 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 Black the, label or something? Yeah. Black label, yeah. Um, oh, okay. Basketball uh, heads um, was 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 a standard. The house one that Colin knew it. The one about the doll's house. The doll oh house yeah, family. the dollhouse family. Yeah, dollhouse family. That's ringing a bell. Yeah. That's it. Kellyanne is asking if, if, is there a graphic novel version of his Dark Materials? I'm not sure. I imagine there must. be. Mm, I don't think there is. There is. There is only like novelization. So. It's only three novels, um, and they're they're very very good. Yeah. The, uh, the Northern, Northern, Northern Lights is one of Northern the best Lights books ever. Yeah. Northern Lights nice. is one of the best books ever. It's so good. And yeah. Actually, well, the, 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 subtle, the Subtle Knife, I thought, was, was the better one because that was the one that kind of first introduced the, mm. the whole 
in a parallel universe, sort of, yeah. playing the ball and stuff like this, um, which works really, really well. Yeah, a great, great series. Everyone should check out and start materials. The BBC shows was quite good. The film's rubbish, but the BBC stuff was quite good. I quite um, like the film. I, I, like we're saying about, it reminded me of like Kingsman, like pacing issues, and they, mm. they, they, they shuffled quite a lot of the stuff around. So like the the big the big twist at the end of the book isn't featured at all in the film and um, mm. just kind of stuff like that. Uh, I am um, can I go next for comics? Is that all right? Yes, I look. I um, I picked my me and my son last Thursday went to Edinburgh to it's a cafe called Cafe Queer um, that uh, it's a coffee shop and LGBT bookshop in Edinburgh and. Uh, me and my son went there last uh, last week um, because I noticed on Facebook that Quindry, uh, Quindry Press were doing a, a gallery there. Um, so I went along there. I mean, well, I know. I think you met Eve Greenwood before, hadn't you? Oh yeah, I've known Eve for a while. Yeah. You've known Eve for a while. I hadn't met them until until Thought Bubble, but was totally blown away by just how awesome their output is and the message and the and the voice that they're the, the voice that they're allowing to to be heard um so i went and pe- purchased this from a cafe queer um when i was me which is uh as moments of gender euphoria um it's a, a collection of one page autobiographical comics about the joyful experiences of being transgender i was talking to colin about that a wee bit before we went to air um obviously when we i think when a lot of people can talk about transgender identity they talk about sort of gender dysphoria and how you know people people being in a situation where they they don't feel like physically in ways they match up to the the gender that they associate them or, or they, they, they yeah they just don't feel like themselves in the body they're in um and go through a period of transition to try and fix that um what, what i thought was really incredible about this is it's it's a celebration of moments where um people have have become euphoric during their transition something's happened there's been a moment of there's been a moment of identity realization or a real identity um communication or, or being able just being able to be yourself for the first time and just the the power of that um there's there's i say it's just full of like the art that's incredible there's just page after page of um, independent work um uh, all, all collated by uh, Eve Greenwood and Alex uh, Alex Hassan, um, just lovely, like just pieces of art um, throughout the book, um, and then like one page comics about different uh, uh, different people's experiences with gender euphoria. So there was like a, the one here that I've left on was a uh, Winter Kayakis and uh, who, who are a storyteller. They uh, tell the I when they, they used to play Dungeons and Dragons, and when they were playing Dungeons and Dragons, they started to use they and then pronouns with their created character and then found themselves actually using they then pronouns for themselves rather than like portraying that onto this character and then the euphoria of being able to identify as they them i was like just it's, it's the book's full of that it's a really uplifting book that everyone should have um quindrypress.co.uk you'll be able to get there or go to cafe queer and get yourself an amazing peanut butter latte while you're there <laughs> 
I don't know. Or, or not, maybe just get a proper latte, Jeff, and not have to put peanut butter into it, just like you do with beer. You've got to obsess them with putting fruit and stuff like that and things into beer. And it's, it's, you love fruit. It's your coffee as well. Like beer, I, maybe. Um, <laughs> well, like, I actually ordered the latte, and then I saw that they did the peanut butter latte as their special, so that's why I picked up. Um, uh, Kelly Ann saying that they should have peanut butter lattes in schools. Absolutely, they should have peanut butter lattes. Actually, now that I've said that, I assume that you're talking about the comic, <laughs> not the peanut butter lattes. <laughs> 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 oh, boy. I thought, I thought oh, dearie me. Kelly Ann and Colin were having an educator vibe there where like, <laughs> Being in education, you're often you're often uh, met with really shit um, coffee. <laughs> All the good coffee gets taken very quickly, and you're left with the as the instant stuff by the end of the week. So, um, yeah, Kelly and Tim both. So, yeah, I, I I totally agree. I think this I think this book. I th these are the books I do that quite a lot. I, I'll buy a book, um, and I did it a lot. I thought bubble actually, and I'll buy a book, and I'll be like, this is really good, and I'll really enjoy it. I want to keep it really, really special, but then I'll take it to school and then it goes missing because the kids will read it because they think it's as good as I did. So, yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Um, I, I do have a book, but I'm, I'm, I'm not, because we've kind of got to our, our 90 minutes, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to very briefly mention um, uh, A Time of Magic, which is uh, a series which I got from the writer Sam Russell um, on Scottish Comic Book Day back in November. And mm -hmm. I kind of forgot that I had these. Um, so I started. Oh, I only started reading them today, and I, I think I picked up the wrong one, which is the second one in the series, and started reading this. So, um, to give it full justice, I'm going to go back and read read the other one. But um, basically, um, it's it's a fantasy series which reminds me a lot of sort of playing Dungeons and Dragons as a teenager, um, and it's oh, it's God. about a, a magic school in Scotland in in the year 631 AD, um, a bit of magic school and all the, the sort of pupils um, there and the, the various characters. So um, I, I'm going to give it better justice in, in maybe in a week's time. Oh, cool, man. So, if you feel like reading go. along with Colin, uh, he was in my shop for um, Scottish Comic Book Day. Um, yes. Um, along with Mr. Mr. Craner there. And, uh, I've read that, Colin. I bought it. I bought some off him as well. Ah, I've read you got yeah, yeah. Copy came along and I took a couple of copies off him of each of each of his books. So, yeah, it's it's actually a lot better than I thought. Actually, when I bought it, I was kind of like, oh, for fuck's sake, what am I buying here? But when I read it, I was like, oh, this is actually pretty good. Mm -hmm. He's a very nice guy. Don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, knows Sam as well. Yeah, everybody seems to know Sam, um, because uh, I was speaking to uh, Jamal Alexander what, a couple of weeks ago in, in Decon, and he mentioned him. Which uh, and and that kind of prompted to me thinking, oh, I've got comics of his that I haven't read, you know, for months. So uh, I finally got around to it today. So once I've read the other, I think so. He's good at getting himself out there and self promoting these books and getting these yeah. books out there. So yeah. again, he's a good guy. Well, we'll do a proper review. And and Dave, if you've got them as well, then we could have a chat about it, perhaps. Yeah, well, 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 I'll bring a copy along. The first one. I'll, I'll bring a copy oh, up for yeah. you on Sunday, Jeff. Yeah, please do. Man. So, we should message Sam and see if we can get one as well. That sounds cool. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's what I we think should. I think comics, comics, the comic world is one that I think is very. I say that because it's one of the only communities I'm in, but it's really unique in how, like, it's just full of nice guys and and, and girls and and people and humans. It's just so, so bloody awesome. Like the, the comics community is just full of great people, and uh, 
Um, I, I, don't, I don't think I've met anyone in, in the three years that we've been doing this podcast. I don't think I've met anyone that have been like, wouldn't uh, bring them on back onto the podcast? Apart from maybe like Sue, but apart from that. But we're all in a similar sort of situation. You know, you've got the guys who are at the top, the guys who are working for the big two and making the big bucks and stuff like this. Um, out with those the retailers, the creators, the artists, the people who are doing conventions, stuff like this, we're all in the same sort of slightly struggling situation. So we're all really supportive of each other. And we all, you know, mention each other's books, mention each other's events. I was on the cover of Shane Chesby the other other week. Uh, Shane Chesby runs Comic Salopia and he said exactly the same thing, like comic creator or or, or event organisers. Um, if you're doing huge events, you don't know who's doing it, who's at the top of the chain or what's going mm-hmm. on. It's a big organisation. The smaller shows like Enniskellen and Comic Salopia and, and, and it's Lawless, we all kind of know of each other and therefore we all kind of support. We're not in competition with each other at all. We're mm-hmm. all just like, guys, go yeah. to the show, it's awesome. It's not on my day, come to my show as well, but go to this guy's too and that kind of stuff. We're all, yeah, it is a very supportive community generally um, across the board because, yeah, we're all just running along a little bit, aren't we? Yeah. I guess like for one you know, we, we, we've all got stories and, and, and things we want to, to express and it's it's almost like just that shared empathy of that as well, isn't it? Like it's understanding, like, I know that you want to tell a story, I want to tell a story. So, you know, yeah, it's that kind of shared. It's amazing. I love it. Right. Uh, it's a minute and 30. Is it a minute and 36? Um, yeah, we'll let everyone go. And all that sort of stuff. It's, been, it's, been, it's been a great show. Thanks very much, everyone, for, for viewing as always. Um, We've got a guest next week, Jeff. Probably. Who have we got next week? Hey, I, I can't check. It's, it's not Jeff. It, it might be Jim Alexander, actually, because I was going to tell him he, he, he wanted to come on the show because he's let got his me, new. Let, let me check his, the calendar. He's got his collection of uh, collected edition of Savant um, is out. So it might be Jim. Let me check the calendar. I do know that you, uh, Cal, um, I was really, really unwell last week and I just totally phased out of everything. And uh, I know there were, there were a conversation on our group chat where we were like Colin and uh, Colin and uh, David went out and, and, and secured us some guests for upcoming shows. And uh, I had no hand in it at all. So, yeah, I haven't even put it in the diary. So it might be right. As soon as we know, you'll know, right? <laughs> well, I think it is. I think I think it is. I think it's Jim because he's got his new book out. Yeah, so I think it's Jim as well. So um, I think I think that's who's rejoining us. There we go. Cool. And we hope everyone else will be joining us as well. So um yeah. in the comments and that thank you for everyone that's contributed this week. And we will see you all. Thank you again, Sue, for joining us. Thanks again. That's okay. Cheers. All the best we lost. Thank you to Steve as well, you know. Um um, everyone should be back in Spectrum if you've not done it already. It's got 10 days left and it's going to be incredible. So, um, amazing. Uh, it's really so, awesome. we'll, see, we'll see you next week. Cheers, guys. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers, folks. Bye. Bye. Cheers. Bye.